is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good if you're coming on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Episode 5, Series 7, Damien Barrett and Craig Cutchison with you. And Hachi, I'm stalking really quickly now because it's been uh, told to us in no uncertain terms during the course of the week after your conversation last week that people want us to talk quicker than we have been. Good afternoon. Oh, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to laugh yet, Damo, after the weekend. Thank you for making an attempt to put a smile on our faces after the sadness we've all endured over the weekend, and we'll get to that in a moment and, di- and deal with it. But yes, no, we did. <laughs> at least explain to people why I was carrying on like a dickhead just then. <laughs> Last week, I expressed a little bit of surprise at the thought of people listening to us at speed, and our Twitter feeds blew up. <laughs> they did. I got stopped in the street five of times. Our listen- 36% of our listeners said that they listened to us at either in between one and a half or two times speed, and they cut out our pauses. And I was thinking that I was so poor at my job by being a pauser from time to time to gather my thoughts. Turned out people were cutting them out anyway. So, And I did like the, the sentiment that the audience suggested, which was that we run a global audio business, and I had no idea at the volume of people who were doing this. So, yeah, a behavioural trend in real time emerged that I should have been aware of. Our team certainly were. They laughed at me harder than you. <laughs> and I liked that. There's some great tweets. One one of our listeners, Ryan Bound, said he'd listened at speed since the start. He had his own listening seconds and minutes, yeah. 6,250, yeah. 104 hours, and he'd saved four days, eight hours, 10 minutes, and 30 seconds of his life by listening to us at one and a half or two speed. So just a heap of uh, tweets about this and very funny what connects with people. I was, um, I was aware of the, the facility and I had utilised it on occasion, but not not to the extent that our listeners made us aware of their own habits and practices when it comes to hastening the uh, the listening experience. And um, what about the, the nuance though, Hutchie, that we sort of pride ourselves in and sometimes the attempt at theatre and, and, and pauses for effect? It's all lost in our listeners. It is. We're just kidding ourselves if we think we're actually being clever. People have turned us into a fast food version of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we always used to say, look, you don't like us talking politics, just speed up. Little did we know they already were, Damo. They were already, they were already into full speed up mode. So uh, interesting interesting to hear and uh, thank you to everyone. Pod fasting, it's called. It goes against, though, what you're taught, though, isn't it, as a, as a person coming into the, the caper and... I um I actually remember it made me think during the course of the no week. What point on about Damo? People have already moved to the next topic. <laughs> Good point, Hachi. <laughs> it's it's and over, and they've taken out the pause. But I, I remember um when I first started going down this this broadcast path, so to speak, and I was I was I may not have improved at all, but I had really bad diction and I didn't talk properly. But I had lessons, and the reason I raised this actually. I had lessons with you the same lessons. guy. Yeah, I did. I, I was told to. Um, I needed to. I, I had shocking dish. I only had two or three, but I went to the same guy that he told me that he'd taken you through a couple of lessons, but he says oh, you No, this is a true story. Guy in Brighton, if you recall. Guy in Brighton. Um, I couldn't remember the name of the street. This would be early, very early 1990s, I reckon. And he he said to me that you had been through his school as well. School! And you went, <laughs> you went to sleep and you couldn't think of anywhere... You'd rather less be than his house. And I so thought... You're, you're saying you had diction lessons. I did. I, I needed it. And there was a horse. This will give you the I time. bet he hasn't got that on his resume. No, you? he wouldn't. No, no, there was yeah. a horse called, uh, if you remember, it was going around in the Golden State. It was one of the Hawks' horses. And it was called a line, A-L-I-G-N. And when he made me listen back to how I did say it on radio, I was with a loin. And it just sounded terrible. So I needed to fix myself up, actually. But maybe I don't need to. Maybe with people listening to us at 1.7, yeah. all that's been lost. If the headline of this podcast that Jane puts out later on isn't 
Damo and the, and the speech doctor. I'll be very disappointed. You went to a speech doctor. But you went before me, Hutchie. He actually he took great pride in saying, do you know Craig Hutchison? That's an extraordinary. Yes. You're putting a heap of mayonnaise. I don't do mayonnaise on You think stories. I went to a speech doctor? I'm not a storyteller for starters, and I certainly don't put on mayonnaise on the stories I do tell. I still haven't learned to speak. But no, but that's... his point was you, you actually fell asleep during his class at one stage. And the only reason I'm thinking of this is because I was forced to reflect, given that people want us to talk quicker, whereas this guy was telling me, I thought rightly at the time, slow it down. Slow it right down. Is there anyone you'd like to speed up when you listen to them? And you th- like, we maybe do a list next week of people who you'd think does it belong on speed. If we're two of them. There must be others out there who you just absolutely have to speed up. You can't wait till they get their point out. <laughs> oh, now this, I'll, I'll give you a name here, Hutchie, and this, this hope this doesn't go against me because I really like and respect and, and have a lot of time for this here guy, Gary Pert. Oh, you think Gary's too verbose? <laughs> I think, no, I think he's slow. That's an extraordinary claim. <laughs> Hang on, you've, you've, you've pinned it on me. I've given you a name. That's really unreasonable. Let me guess. Let me guess. You're now not going to name a name? Not now. <laughs> <laughs> not after you live with your chin. <laughs> well, clearly, I, I've been told all Gary week Pert I need to speed up. speaks too slow. Like us, do you think? Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to be a part of this tomfoolery. I'll I'm listen, not going to be listen. part of it. Now, hopefully our listeners have got an insight into your operations here. You, you load the question. Ask, ask me Ask me the loaded question. I, I'm courageous enough to answer it. And then you, oh, no, no, I'm, I can't. I'm I can't disappointed that you would do that. <laughs> I am. I'm disappointed in you. You didn't need to do that, don't we? <laughs> Jane, can you hey, cut that out? Hey, it's nice to have a bit of a smile and a laugh. We've been through a bit over the weekend. Before we get on to the serious topic of the weekend and the sad topic of the weekend, just a quick one. You did... Promised last week that you would coach me into how to handle the Sam McClure and Caroline Wilson collective minds issue on Footy Classified. Oh, I did too. I traded calls with the producer on the weekend, so I can't talk to you till after Monday. I forgot I spoke about that. Demo. Did we? Did we flag that for this week? Tomo rang me on the weekend. I said I'll have a good chat about the show on Tuesday. I just need to get through Demo's advice on Monday, and I want everyone to hear it. <laughs> okay. So All here right. you are, Demo. Well, I'm going to do it on the run, Hutchie, because I've got to be honest. I forgot we flagged. Is this. it? Is it? Of relevance, big relevance, some relevance, no relevance. How would you approach it? Uh, that's a really good question. No, okay, this okay, this is just totally on the run without giving it uh, the consideration. You've got a week. I should have. Yeah, no, but I'm now doing it right now on the run. Uh, no, it's certainly not. No, it's not for. I think you flag it, you tease it, you uh, you let your uh, your viewers know that you you are going to go them or go the topic. And you just keep flagging it, flagging it, because ultimately the public don't care about this stuff as much as we do, and, and we sometimes think they do. They like journalists being. I think they're doing the, this one. They like journalists being in the gun, absolutely. But if, if what's it's your, your first, first question? First question is why were you party to an apology by your newspaper on the article, articles and videos in question? Yep. Um, yeah, and then where? I think it stems off the answers there because, I mean, my view too, Hutchie, and, I, and I've said I've, I, I don't um, – I'm part of this. Uh, some journos may think I, I've taken the wrong view on this, but I find it, it, it difficult to reconcile with the, the, the publication itself, as in the Age newspaper where articles were published, has ultimately A, apologised, but B, removed articles. So as I said to you some time ago, try and Google the articles in, in question, you can't find them. They've been removed as part of the agreement, the legal agreement out of this. And I think that's where it's open what happens, and shut. What happens if Eddie Betts releases his book and it reaffirms much of their reporting? Does it get reinstated, the quill? Well, what, why did the organisation itself roll over? Yeah, well, I, that's where I, that's where I'm going to explore the areas. I, I, I don't 
oh, I probably shouldn't go into detail, but you know my views that I don't think the age, I don't think they were being deliberate in their lack of support. I think they underestimated it as an issue. I think they thought it was, they had bigger fish to fry and they'd just move forward and, uh, you know, they had a, a bigger issue burning and they just didn't support their person. Yeah. So, and and I'm above of that view too, but ultimately when it's all played out, right now that the articles don't exist in, in, the, in that, yep. in that can you find it sense. And again, I listened to both Sam, I listened to both Caro in terms of what they've said about it since. They don't seem to be backing away, but ultimately that they're, they're effectively signatories to the deal made on their behalf by their own organisation. So yep. to, to, yeah. to, me, to me, it's pretty open and shut in that regard. And, and no matter which way you want to look at it, the accountability component to, to, to journalism and, and that word being thrown back on us, I think it we, we sort of do leave ourselves exposed to, 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 to being exposed when, when that is the way this particular issue played out. Okay. Thanks for your help. I thought you might have had a left field question or a different way into it or a creative way to present it, but no, you've just come up with the bleeding obvious. Well done. Okay. I guess I'll ring Tom and uh, cast my own views now. Hey, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the weekend. Yeah. I'm mindful people have spent three days grieving and probably got you know, months and months of grief ahead of them, so we don't want to you know, add too much to the conversation uh, in that regard, other than to reflect for a moment on how you felt. I think you heard how I felt. I was on air at the time, in real time. and Yeah. How, you know, tell me you're... You, what springs to mind now when you think about Shane and, and oh, how you're feeling on the back of it? Just the um, the disbelief. I mean, I'm assuming like you, I, I didn't hear what how you found out, but I got the text like um, you know people were getting in the early hours of, of Saturday morning, and the first is it no, it, it just couldn't be true, and then you're trying to find if it is true, but didn't wanting to bother the people that that and who know him best, and then you find that is the case, and then you just I just couldn't sleep and, and still haven't been able to and. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Hutch. You know, and I, I did send you a text after your show on on Saturday morning. I thought you and Simon O'Donnell did an extraordinary job um, in 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 just being there for for that particular moment of of this story, and being there on that particular day was was within basically twelve hours of of the passing of Shane Warne and. Obviously, people's reactions and 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 need to speak evolves over the journey, and and. There's different forms of needing to be there right now, but you you were there right then um, at the probably most difficult and raw time for for so many people, particularly Simon O'Donnell, who was his first major captain of, of a cricketing nature. He's, he's state captain at the time he burst into the the scene, having played less than um, half a dozen of basically club matches for for St Kilda. And Simon O'Donnell, who was in doing his, had to come in and turn up to work for his normal duties, and then to spend four hours dealing with his grief. And hurt in front in front of us, and working through his feelings, and being vulnerable with the audience, and then every you know Campbell Brown being in it at the same time, but not being able to talk about it. And yeah, they 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 were incredibly close, Campbell. Yeah, and, 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 and just such a degree of overwhelming sadness. And I don't know about you, it just gets sadder by the day. Yeah, it really does. And the. The tidal wave of human emotion that we've seen around the way he was loved, the everyman factor, the way he made people feel, the way he went out of his way for them, how generous he was with his time. Gee, we took him for granted, didn't we? Like, I don't know whether we did, Hutchie. Um, I, did I don't we take, we just took for granted, for granted our love of him. He was the guy yeah. that you thought would be there. But, that, but that's, I think, why we've had the reaction we've had yeah. as, as a collective, hasn't we? I, I don't think we did take him for granted, but now that he's not... 
uh, there to be taken granted of in, in, in that in that phrase. Um, that's the issue. The, the, the flawed element to his makeup, Hachi, I, I think that yeah. is is arguably the the reason he got to the age of fifty two, where there was just there was no predator in his life. He'd seen through, and I just that's a media phrase in terms of no one could get him, no, no one could could um, get under his skin anymore. I mean, they certainly did over the journey. I mean, people did, the tabloids did, certain individuals did, other cricketers did, um, a lot of media people did. But ultimately, he he patched up pretty much every single even skirmish he had. And I say skirmish because all the blowups he had, and look, I, I had a couple with him, but but that was just in terms of that media sense. He 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 went out of his way to patch them up, didn't he? Um, I, I think he, I mean, he, he often made the first call after the initial skirmish and they were just small minor issues with with a person who just basically wanted yeah. to be loved and and not just what I did sort of again you, you're forced to reflect aren't you actually he he wanted to be loved by the the person on the street as much as the Mick Jagger and the Sheerans and the and the Elton Johns who ultimately became a, a key part of his life he, he was he was so keen to impress that person who he didn't know as, as much as the, the yeah. big celebrities who, who were, were basically it, queuing up to see him. Just listening to the talk of hit the showman in him and the performer and how he always wanted reaffirmation after yeah. a game, be it as a player or as a broadcaster, reminded me a little bit of Lou Richards who was, who was, was he? very Same much way? like that. Yeah. Just incredibly big star, superstar, crossover star, and yeah. yet always sought that reaffirmation afterwards. It meant so much to him that he pleased people and that he'd entertain people. And yep. I think Shane was exactly the same. He was a pleaser at the end of the day, wasn't he? He loved to entertain people. He hated political correctness. Yeah. He was a believer in the underdog. Yep. He didn't change his ways. He had this a way of making everyone feel like they were close to him, even if you were... Ten thousand in his, his he did, he did have that. You, yeah. you, you felt yeah. more connected to him than you probably and, and were as, told as to. You know, well, no, Hutch. He he, he was he, he remained as, as close to the people he grew up with and 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 played you know junior levels of cricket with and and people who were were so crucial to those early stages of his life as you know the the superstars who have all you know um, queued up to. To, to offer their beautiful platitudes to, to him, you know, in the, in the days since Saturday just gone. So, and his his eyes, the way he would look at people, he would hold a conversation, looking them in the eye, had a powerful lens, and you you felt in the aura of someone. Um, Intimidate's not the right word. Someone really special, you know. You felt always felt like you were among greatness. Yeah, yeah. And he made everyone feel he's equal, the, and that that's. That's why I, th- I always thought he was just warning and he bobbed up and when he was there, he was on, you know, with his friends and... Yeah. But then when he left, he'd, he knew he'd be back again at some stage and... There's, there's I, I was, I was not, um, I wouldn't know him even as well as you know him, I would, I would assume, but... Oh, I'm not, no, but, but what, what, I, what I think I, I think it's fair to say is that people who, who did know him as, as, as a... Do anything as, for you. Too much, yeah, do anything for you, but I think that... I mean, you're trying to get little good things, aren't you, out of a, out of a horrendous and horrible situation, but... I don't think he could have been more comfortable with where he was at um, in in the last few years, and and that, that that takes some doing, doesn't it? Given what he'd been through, and given the, you know, the the the, the internal fights he'd had with himself about about you know, his life, and and he said that, and, and he's been so open, and the fact that he even got the the documentary published and yep. and broadcast, and and that would have been a you we know, talked about it only recently, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and he and he was a he was a crossover star, and we our podcast deals a little bit in media and the cycle of media. He understood the media as well as anyone in major elite sport probably ever has. I think Gary Lyon described him today as the most accessible superstar we've ever had. Yeah, it's a fair assessment. 
I would agree with that. And I think part of it was he was on the receiving end so often of negative coverage in his career. He understood it was – he never took, he, he never like seemed it. to take it personally. He, he never liked it, even if it was valid. No, he didn't like it at all. He didn't like it. But he seemed to move on. He rebuilt those relationships. Yeah. He didn't – he didn't hold it like – he didn't hold a grudge like you would and, um, you know, <laughs> ban the guy for 10 years or whatever. He would just – and then I think he sought to understand how that came to be. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, almost, ultimately, he didn't have to worry about it too much. I think because he was Shane Warne. Yeah, I mean, he he was held ultimately, to a different yeah. social account in the end. I, I think he almost had a marriage of convenience with the media by the time he finished playing. Like he yeah. almost looked like it was a tacit relationship of they knew and understood each other's need. Yeah, and he'd formed almost a working relationship with the media by the time he was in his thirties. <laughs> yeah, don't you think? Do you yeah, think? I think it's very cool. But, and we've seen a few of those anecdotes emerge over the last few days. Just on the emotional side. How old are you? 51? 51. Shane was 52. I'm 47. Did you start to think about your own mortality more? I, and and did you feel selfish about that? Yeah, I did. I, and, and, and it's a great question because I did. I, I with, with the Dean Jones one, you nearly did because of the relatively similar age. The Rod Marsh one, no, because, again, just get back to your question, because there was a 20-plus or 20-thereabouts-year difference, but the Warren one, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you're right. I, I did feel bad about even having that as a thought at one stage. I'm, I'm assuming you did too, Hutchie. You're, you're a 100%. few years younger than that, but, but you you feel and you did and you feel bad about it? Well, it, just, it popped into your head intermittently over the weekend, and you started feeling guilty thinking about yourself in a situation like this. You know, like it's, I suppose it's just human nature that you start to question your own mortality and yeah you know we're both playing the back nine now let's be honest we've probably both got through more than half of our life you know the chances of me getting to 94 and you to 102 you'd say odds against so and 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 maybe significantly odds against so you, you do start to think about it um you hear the stories of the you know the heart um worry that he had or the heart burn he was suffering through the summer and the i assume I, I, she'll be right mate i'll be okay mentality that that so many of us as men often have um you think about how punitive it is you know it, like we all think we're okay and then we're not it's not like it's no drs you know mm. one mm. and so and then i, I listen to simon Donald talk about how we just don't tell people how we feel and that's we've talked about that a little bit in the past we've been involved in a in a campaign along those lines with with the tobin brothers and it's just it's so true you need to you need to actually share how you're feeling, and you know, far be it for me. I haven't looked after myself um, very well at all. But I, you do. You think about it quickly, don't you, and sharply. Yeah, you do. You do. And if you want to even extend what you've just said there too, you also realise that uh, no one, no one is going to go get in on the on a blip on the on the radar scale by way of comparison of of the, the worldwide response to to yeah. the time that happens to all of us as it is going to inevitably do as as, as to what warning has has received I, and people move on people move on yeah you're, they, they you're, won't move on that quickly with with warning will they it's um it's someone I, I bumped into I mean just one of the, the basketball um, people during the week um Hachi at a social at a school event um described it again on the day itself and I hadn't thought about it this way it was it's the Diana moment for Australia, yep. isn't it? It's, I reckon it's bigger. I actually think it's it's going to be bigger um, than, yeah, than, I th- than that. I thought it was our Kobe moment almost. Like it's... Yeah. When the best quote I heard was someone said, when when you're larger than life, you're just not meant to die, right? You just, you're the one... He was so positive and so nothing would happen to me that, you know, it, 
just it's a stark reminder of our own mortality and an overwhelming sense of sadness. And then you get to his children, don't you? Which which is the oh my goodness the, the and we don't have the a contract. You just can't discuss and analyse. It's just it's just heartbreaking. We don't have a contract for how long we're here. You yeah, know, we just we just look, act, and behave like we're here to eighty plus, but we really don't know when our when our numbers going to get rung, and that's really hard to get your head around. The 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 ninety nine that he made as a batsman, I think that Archie was, it almost sums him up, doesn't it? It, it was proof he was good enough to make a hundred, and he'd gone you know gone in the seventies a couple of times before that, but but then getting out the way he did, caught on the boundary when all he had to do was just flick it off the hips and just take the single. I I think that sums him up. The the gambler in him, the the, the maverick, the I can do it, but I just fell short. But I'm actually enhancing my own story and falling short. And I, just the way he handled it too, like he knew, didn't he, in, the, in those moments after the, that dismissal that he was never going to get another chance at it. And and in that weird way, legacies last and and are made. It's better that he didn't get there in, in, in that in that weird cricketing way. He was part of a movie script, wasn't he? Well, he like, there was a stage show about him. Even he was just retired, wasn't there? Yeah, his whole life just seemed like a movie. Like it just things never happened normally for him the whole way along. No, it didn't. And I mean, and the, the flawed element, which we've touched on, which is obvious, but I mean, the, the diuretic tablet incident, I mean, that, that was a massive story and, and, and one, you know, that, that played out for, for many years. You had the, the bookmaking issue where he was, you know, cleared of the, the major wrongdoing but and, and didn't do anything wrong, but it was a time when bookies and cricketers were not meant to be associating with each other and... You had all the, the English tabloids' fascination with what he was doing off the field and, and setting him up on occasions. In fact, more than one occasion, setting him up to you know, do things that, that, that they were leading him down the path of, of doing. And, and yet all of it, he managed to get through with a smile on his face and, and become bigger and, and, and more loved because of the flaws. I mean, most people wouldn't survive, wouldn't survive half of one of those stories. He, he, he survived dozens of, of Bad stories, and in a way that ultimately made him the the, the figure that he was, and and, and made him endeared by pretty much even the people who are trying to get him. Switching gear for a moment, and our thoughts are with the Warren family and everyone, all of his friends, in what will be an emotional time. Just more broadly on media, question for you: Do you think Stan Grant was right to remove the Russian sympathy? Sympathizer from the crowd on Q and A. So take me through what happened. I'm, I'm aware because I did see it on social media. I think at the night in question that there was a question on that particular show, really favourable and, and pro. That's right, Russia. Okay, so yep. I, I wasn't even aware that the questioner had been taken out of the studio. So someone who had a Russian uh, background of description, and then right, there was it was answered and debated and rebuffed, and then Stan reflected on it and said that he was uncomfortable and asked the person to leave. <laughs> Right. Um, well, again, what do you without, think? Without having seen it, I'm probably in, a, in an area where I, I probably should see it before I make any more comment. But I, I would imagine, Hachi, I haven't watched that show for, for probably two years now, but I had a feeling that most of those questions were, were reasonably well vetted before they aired. I mean, some had to be because they were set up on in remote places sometimes. So I would imagine the production around the show would have been well aware that the question was coming. So I, I would think, no, you don't have the right to ask the question and then have the theatre of removal. But that's coming from someone who hasn't actually seen the show in question. So you asked the question. I'm assuming you've got a, a pretty strong view on it. I was hoping you'd send it. I've only sent it on social. And that's probably a small sample size to offer an opinion on. Yeah, I can't imagine they didn't know there was conflicting opinions in the audience. Like that, I, I, I assume they thought there was 98% Ukraine slash Western 
Um, but, but are you saying the question was was inverted commas random? It wasn't a you know ring a ring a rosy and, and you asked the fourth question type thing, which yeah, I think I, this like, show has been in the as, past. As aghast as we all feel about what Russia is doing, and as angry as we are about it, I, I don't think you can necessarily censor it either, can you? Like not if, if not if the show is Q and A, and you want to present ultimately like if, every single yeah. view. If your show is built upon differing opinions, however uncomfortable and unreasonable and annoyed you might be, then you can. I don't think you can vet it. I would either. agree. Yep. So I I, I, as much as I'm, I'm just horrified by what's going on, and I think I, the media who are there covering it are doing such a magnificent job in such difficult circumstances. They're better journos than I am, Hachi, for what it's worth. Uh, I, I again, you're talking about. Yep. Reflection on on what happened with Shane Warne. I, yep. I've had reflection on the journos bringing us the news from Ukraine and, and Kiev specifically, and 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 sleeping in car park bunkers and and even bunkers lower than car parks when it when yep. it comes to just getting oh, through I mean, a night on the. You worried ground. about? Used to worry about what Jeff Walsh thought of Collingwood when you did a story, let alone what Putin was going to say about your story. Like, well, I didn't have to. I mean, I might have had a few uh, verbal barbs. I didn't have bombs. Thrown yeah. that way, and yeah, that's well, the point I'm getting to. I, all, I, I wouldn't. I, look, this, I probably shouldn't admit this to Jenna Hutchie, but I wouldn't do it. I, I, again, being 51, maybe I've got that, that's where I'm at. Maybe if I'm 31, you would. You, yes, you wouldn't think about it, even with the family. But I wouldn't do it now. There's no way I'd do it now. Well, you're, you're in a position where you don't have to. Do Fortunately, it. yeah, yeah. The, the those that devoted to their craft who are doing it for the for the reasons that are craft led, I admire so much. Like for all the bad rap journalists get. For all the times people roll their eyes or question our sources or all those things, or their sources, I should say, the women and men who are in Ukraine right now telling a story accurately to the rest of the world in, in, in spite and in fear of their own safety are doing an amazing job. Yeah. And are so important. The, the media and the way it's been able to tell a different story outside of Ukraine that's different to the one that's being fed back into Russia is vitally important. And you could argue the journalists are showing more courage than many Western kind of armies and uh, their leaders. So, you know, I think it's, you know, it's been unbelievable. I'd agree. It's, it's hard, to, really hard to watch. And it's hard not to watch. Yeah. And, and, and given, given our, our lack of understanding when it's all said and done on the, on the full topic is, uh, is very limited, I would have thought. Hey, just a quick one on the, on the West Australian Premier. Did you see the, the war PPE out of the, he wore PPE to get to the make the case, the West Australian front page. To, to make the case? He wore protective clothing because he couldn't uh, testify on Zoom. Right. No, I didn't. Or, or I did. he, int- he intended to. The West Australian front page said as much. I, I didn't catch up with that. Do, do you think there's a point, uh, as great a job as he's done, where selling fear has got to stop? I'm big on the selling fear, but it, it's it's miraculous how we've stopped selling it in in Victoria when the numbers are just catastrophic compared with the the lockdown of a state for two years on the back of sometimes you know six cases. Yeah, it, it's funny what happens when you stop selling the fear, isn't it? Well, I think in Victoria and New South Wales they've stopped selling fear because the community is largely vaccinated on, on on including boosters, whereas WA still still look like they're. Anyway, I should, probably shouldn't go any further. No, no. We've been in that path the last couple of years. Tell me, and this is, again, this is, this is um, 
a different sort of show, Haji, because it's very hard to talk about anything once once you discuss the Shane Moore topic. But this was one we we flagged, I'd flagged last week and, and didn't get to. The, the Herald Sun um, was obsessed with a certain comment made by our man Kane Corns a couple of weeks ago over the the Sydney Stack choosing to do a couple of backflips backwards style off a, a rock pool over. The relatively recent times of pre-season, um, Sydney football, sorry, Richmond footballer Sydney stack, uh, came strong on the fact that it's not something he'd be doing, and wanted to question what he what he actually did, and 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 why Richmond didn't have an issue with it. But the Herald Sun wrote a couple of articles about it, and then referencing just one commentator said, well. That one commentator was Kane Corns. So they were choosing to write articles, multiple articles online, in print, follow-ups to follow-ups, and couldn't bring themselves to mention our man Kane Corns. One commentator? One commentator. If you're going to make, because- well, say one commentator, surely you're able to mention him by name, Hutchie. They normally do because his verity score is pretty high, isn't it, I think? Yeah, but he see, subscriptions. the other issue, though, is he's got the Channel 9 connection, which, as, uh, we, as we know, is, is effectively the age and... As in, the, in a news in a, in a news organisation sense, and the, while the Verity scores are huge for Kane Corns there at the at the Herald Sun and, and News Limited, equally important under that structure these days is to not mention nine at all in in any form of favourable way. You are such a conspiracy. Theory. No, I'm actually just telling you how it works, actually. You? you really are. <laughs> oh, what you reckon that's not happening? You reckon you reckon then they're uh, then they're not not mentioning nine. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't quite see it the same way. Hey, um, <laughs> just very, very quickly off topic. You're a well-known cynic, so a really rough day for you last week when the Tasmanian government announced a 750 million dollar stadium, which you know I think all but certainly puts them in the odds-on favoritism to have a team in 2027, if not sooner. Uh, every box now ticked. Um, as someone who still thinks we should be playing the VFL on a Saturday at the Junction Oval and the Army Reserve Cup on a Sunday. <laughs> Um, how and the VFL? How did you know, it was a bad day for you? It was a good day for the progressives and a really bad day for the cynics yeah. and the conservatives. Yeah, and, and as um, as a what's your, what's your prediction? The stadium won't raise the money, or it'll break, or it'll, the concrete won't work, or where, where have you landed now in your latest attempt to kind of ruin progress? <laughs> well, just before I do answer that, Hutchie, uh, good, good to see you with a, a, a business um, just recently launched in the well, the the, the state in which this new stadium is going to go in and. Got an interest in a basketball team across the other side of the country, but you, you do have your business's uh, interests aligned with how you want to present yourself. But so I'll, I'll just table that um, to counter the the cynicism you always oh, throw yeah, up against well, me. That's a well-mounted argument. Oh, yeah, well done. As if as if you really care where footy's being played. We've as got as an if you would care for for footy in Tassie, unless you had a business that. Damon, I've been a long time oh, oh, no, voice haven't. on Tassie footy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how it's long, a no-brainer. How long have you been talking for? It's a no-brainer. I, th- I still think North Melbourne have missed a trick not taking the money and going. They would have been my choice. To, to Tassie? You know. Yeah. Oh, once you lost the battle to get them to the Gold Coast, you want them in Tassie yeah. now, do you? Yeah, that, that, they're missing an, an amazing opportunity. And that, I don't mean to roll the Kangas supporters up again because I'll get a whole bunch of new emails now. But you know my views on that. It's, it's It should have been theirs. They missed a trick in the Suns and they're going to miss another one in Tassie. But I, I do think it's... Fantastic for the competition. And I, I've long maintained that the people don't realise that the economics, most of the money comes from the mainland anyway. Most of it's broadcast money and yeah. sponsorship money. 
I look. I'm glad the stadium is going to be done, and you want to make sure that the numbers attached to it are, are going to be met. And I've got no reason to think that they wouldn't be. It's a game changer in the whole debate. I mean, it, this, to me, this footy debate has gone from will there be a license to when, hasn't it? And I think that's been quite a a clever part of the the entire strategy. There's, um, I mean. Gil McLaughlin's now not going to, the way I read it, going to vote against this now. Um, and he won't have a vote. Ultimately, it's the clubs who vote on it. The AFL can will, will pre- present the proposal to the clubs and there still needs to be a, a, a um, majority, Hutchie. And I think the majority in that constitution is 75%, which quotes to the 14 of the 18 teams. But I don't see it being an issue now because ultimately the people voting on this occasion aren't probably going to be around when it uh, becomes, you know, the, the yep. time to bring his team in. And I, I mentioned this on Footy Classified in the finals last year, but I would let the Tasmanian uh, entity that's formed on behalf of the government run Tasmanian AFL footy in the four years in the lead up. So set up a business, practice for four years on uh, other teams, put a 4.30 game in every Saturday for 22 rounds attract other teams, buy them out of their rights, commoditize their sponsorships, build your own membership base around it. 4.30 game with with an AFL team you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah, okay. There should be a game oh, of footy in Tassie yeah. every Saturday. Go and attract 22. There's eight now, uh, Hawthorne and North, so you've got to find 14 more games. And, yep. let, and then just do a buy out of those rights and let that entity develop its own revenue streams and its own properties and own signage and own program on the ground for the four years and practice on the other teams give those clubs a fixed check to get out of the way and work with the AFL on that. And then... So this is where I've always said to you, Hutchie, you, you should for at least 18 months be a club chief executive officer. Because I've, I've actually said, and I mean, you will either take that club into the stratosphere or blow it up. And either way, it would be magnificent <laughs> viewing for us See, in the media. I'll take. I don't reckon it'll last a week, the stakeholder engagement <laughs> and me wouldn't get Stakeholder along. engagement. Imagine the <laughs> PA walking to your office and yeah. saying, hey, Craig, um, you need to meet with the um, with the, uh, the, the the Grass Owners Association, yep. which is the committee group down there. You, you just wouldn't be able to do it, would you? Well, I'd, I'd say I wouldn't. We're doing it this way, and you <laughs> let everyone know. And then people wouldn't like it and it'd be all over. It's like meetings. Why do people want to have so many meetings? Well, that's and why do meetings need to go an hour? I'll... Have you ever thought about that? Like, like you should really price the length of a meeting depending on how important there is to talk about. Like, meetings should be able to go twenty-two minutes, eight minutes, fifteen minutes. People want to people want to spend hours and hours talking about what they're going to do rather than what what they are doing. Dangerous territory, Hutchie, because a lot of people in our lives call and sit through a lot of meetings every single day. There's, there's meetings called to have meetings, isn't it? Yep. Yep. That, that, that's been a bad outcome out of uh, Have you, out of you've seen me in meetings over the years. Well, my tolerance for a long meeting, would you say? <laughs> no. If the White House takes 15 minutes to meet in the morning, or does it take much more? <laughs> you, I'm, you, I'm, by the way, I'm not saying I'm, I'm any better, but it's my views. <laughs> Fair enough, too, actually. Uh, let's so get in footy to... clubs, you've got to do a lot of like consulting everybody. <laughs> Leave me out of that. Uh, when will, just, just sign off on Tassie, when will it come in to, to play? 27 at the latest, it'll happen. How can it not happen? They got to, um, clubs will kick up and where's my share of the pie and all that and there'll be a bit of push and shove but they'll get there yep. I reckon. Uh, question. I don't think 19 is ideal. I think 20 is better. But you know, 20. I see. I, now, now we're getting into a conversation that I will get well, passionate about. Let me about. let me be really clear. At 19, it adds no more money to the competition. At 20, it adds 10 percent more product and more content. So how can you not? How can you resist the 20th? 
because of the drain that the 17th and 18th have, have cost to this very point in time. Yes, you're you're but- talking about a 19th on top of that drain. And then a 20th. Cut the list to 35. Use top-up players when you need them off the streets. And focus on more high performance, less development. Get on with an elite competition. All right. Question of the week time here. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. I was going to go with Daryl Reed's question on Twitter, actually relating to journalists accessing war zones, but we ended up uh, discussing it on the run uh, in the, the previous few moments. So we'll go to Jared Moore on Twitter. Has the availability of streaming platforms such as Netflix and Binge driven the consumption of sport down? Seems a lot of national comps have declining TV ratings. Big Bash, A-League, Supercars, AFLW, etc. I'll leave that one to you because it's your space. Look, I think it's made it more challenging. Like, it's more competitive. Clearly, there's an abundance of streaming. Um, Non-sport content is competing with sport content, and it's up for sports to keep innovating, to keep sharing behind the scenes. I think we're seeing a lot of great sports content now being distributed on those type of platforms, and you're seeing long-form. Started watching Rooney, for instance, on Netflix, which is a great insight, the nostalgia of the Rooney story. Watched Warn on Amazon, which is um, unbelievable now in hindsight. So, you know, I think it'll create a different form of sports content. And, yeah, no, no question that live eyeballs are, you know, are, are challenged. That said, it is still the best real-time way to market and promote uh, brands and to connect to fans. Just on that, there'd been some years of, of viewer decline in the NFL, hadn't there, even with COVID? It had certainly held up. It hadn't diminished as greatly as other products. But... The season just gone in the NFL, Hutchie. I've read enough articles now to, to, to think this is reflective of it. It was effectively, in relative terms, through the roof, all the way through, um, all the way through to the actual Super Bowl itself. Any reason for that in your eyes? Well, I think the biggest content will get bigger and stronger. You know, the, like the best market sports are going to grow and grow, and, and it's just up for the smaller market sports to keep keep step. It's a massive challenge, isn't it? Yep. yep. That was the, the question of the week. Uh, now, it's not weekly, Hutchie, but I, it's regular. I'll give you that. Um, my referencing of racing state in, in this state of Victoria compared with how it's being run in another state, New South Wales, by Peter Volandes. And I, I do, again, refer that to the fact that uh, the, the best trainer going around by some margin, Chris Waller's decided that the uh, the Melbourne Cup winning superstar, very elegant, and, and not just Melbourne Cup winning, but uh, on top of the Melbourne Cup, 10 other Group 1 races to her name. Just can't be bothered running in a mile race. Well, I saw the press release. I smiled and I thought of you. Do you think it was... It was, they were generally unavailable and his explanation was spot on. Do you think it was just loyalty without being asked by Racing New South Wales and the relationship he has there? Do you think there was a, you know, like an infra- what, do you, what do you think, Damo? I find it hard to believe it, that a horse that won a mole race on the weekend just gone um, and has won a few mole races of Group 1 nature wouldn't want to run for $5 million, Hachi. Um, it's, it's, this is right in your conspiracy theory. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and look, there's no doubt Chris Waller knows what he's doing with every single horse, but I did raise my eyebrows a little bit, Hutchie. I think you may have as well, but I know you won't be saying too much now because you're very protective of racing in Victoria because you know you are. But anyway, well, well even 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 the fact that this All Star Mile, which which is being run a week, over 1600 metres a mile, obviously being run a week after 
the once prize of the autumn of, of a staying nature and, and a mile's a smile and, a, and the Australian Cup's 2,000 metres. But the mole race being run a week after the, the 2,000 metre race, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, Hutchie. You're not only a novice in the, in the space. There you go. Damo, as always, finishing with a conspiracy theory. And this has been the sounding board for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to spit it up, choose the DrinkWise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.